0: Welcome back, everybody! Backlash Radio. Anthony Pino from Hook Optics and the Blood Money, a partner from Miami. Nick Carullo from the Wire
1: Transfer, front runner boots. Back again. So, what's going on, buddy? How much, man? How you doing? Good to Good. be back. Good, man. Been fishing at all, or just boat work stuff? Yeah, boat work, dad duty, things like yeah. that. Congratulations.
0: I've known for a while that you've been proud, proud father. Can't wait to go to Top Golf with him. That should be fun. <laughs>
1: yep. You can teach so. him that swing of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First time I had a golf ball in like, I don't know, 10 years, maybe. Yeah. You're like fucking happy Gilmore out there and <laughs> <hitting, hitting> bombs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. So
0: gonna get into a little bit of discussion about mates and um what we like, what we dislike, or how to how they get in the industry and what what our experience as mates has been and go from there. So but absolutely
1: yeah, fishing What's, here. I was fishing up your way.
0: It's getting better. Um we had that hurricane kind of skirted the, the Carolinas. And we push push a good wa- push of water off the Gulf Stream, and we've had these pushes of water come off the Gulf Stream from the south, and kind of push into the hundred fathom all the way up to the poor man's. And there's been some fishing. There's been great fishing below Cape Hatteras, mainly blues and sails, and uh, that the Oregon Inlet guys have been running down to. And then this fit this, this hurricane came and cut across Florida, as we know, and then. Came off of cape Hatteras and kind of went off towards bermuda but it gave us a lot of east east wind for a couple days and it blew a blew a nice push off the gulf stream and um a boat called the uh reeling and dealing out of virginia beach i think found a good pot of them down there um about 100, 120 miles from ocean city they caught like uh a blue Seven lights and four or five sails, maybe, or more than that. I'm not sure. But they kind of found some good fishing. And then some boats from here ran down there, and some boats fished up above that. And then it's been good for a lot of people. A lot of sails. Um, like the most of these sales co- and normal. Yes. I mean, it, it's not common for I mean, everybody that fished yes the last three days, I would say the majority of the people that fished sonar and non-sonar have seen seen slams like a lot of blues a lot of sails now now to the south there's been more whites than there has been because there, we've had these pushes of water and i fished them a couple times over the course of the season and kind of struck out but we would see a blue or we'd catch a sail or see a blue in a sail not many whites in the in in the water coming from the south which is kind of normal but um not to this extent where there's none whatsoever so to have the white marlins mixed in there now and then the sails i mean there's boats that we're catching getting five six seven sail bites um fishing out of ocean city all the way up to outside the poor man's canyon which is pretty crazy so um happy to have it and slam fishing like the idea that you're going to go and have a good chance to see a slam in ocean city is it's not something that hasn't happened before, but man, it's not like uh, yeah. this is consistent slam, so that's pretty cool. Um, Crazy. I think The bill, yeah. I think the bill Fisher, the sales up there. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know, but I know that the the Carolinas, both both uh, North and South Carolina, and below Cape Hatteras for the last month has had a lot of sales, and I I don't know what what caused that, but. I'm not complaining. I think it's cool to be able to see slams. And I don't know. I mean, and I don't know. Do you think that there's, I don't know if in Texas and in the Gulf coast, you see more people dead baiting and you see a lot more white Marlin slash sail fishing success. Is it, do you think that this is just like what they call it? People sometimes call a cycle and there's more sales and, um, or there's more people fishing for them. Like over in the Gulf Coast, you know, a lot of people run offshore and do the live bait thing, but it seems like more boats are dead baiting now. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Do you think that it'll, 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 uh, translate to maybe more traditional sail fishing for, um,
1: the East Coast of Florida and maybe Isla as well? Not with this heat, honestly. I mean, depends if we get, you know, a winter at all, but, you know, the way it's kind of lined up the last, couple of years it's definitely gotten slower and not only slower it gets pushed back later and later just because we haven't had those early cold fronts mm-hmm. and you know that I think this year will kind of depend on that if if we're gonna get something to push them but man if there's fish way 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 up there still up in the Carolinas and stuff I mean you know we're already getting close to fall here so if yeah something something's got to push those things I mean not saying we're not gonna Still catch them, but yeah, I mean, I don't think we're gonna have a banger year. If when is the last time that you
0: pushing them? Yeah, when's the last time that you had like a what you would say like a really where there's been like a really great sailfish season or not even great sail fishing, but I mean, your your fishing in South Florida has been pretty poor
1: last couple yeah, of years, f- hasn't it? Hasn't been, hasn't been what it used to be. That's for sure. I mean. I mean December used to be you know a great month. you know, I used to go out there and you know catch eight or ten in December. I mean mm-hmm. if you if you did that, if you did that the last two or three years, you'd be a hero, you know, yeah, it's strange. I think that there's a correlation between
0: you guys having good sail fishing and us having good white Marlin fishing here. I think the the uh the big winters, the big winters help the help the water set up for up here for good, good white Marlin fishing. And I know the cold fronts help you down there.
1: So, yeah. And, you know, you got Scott Fawcett there and Stuart, um, you know, just catching sales all summer long, which, you know, that's, I don't, you know, we don't really, I guess, know if that's a new fishery or those fish have just been, they've always been there and no one's been fishing for them or, (laughs) You know, but Scott super dialed in with that, and you know, all summer long, he's because he's still been picking at him pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But you know, those residential fish are those fish. You know, there's a ton of bait there, so those fish just live there. You know, all year and feeding on the bait there. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean,
0: it's just so strange. It kind of makes sense, like to have the have the fishing that we're having up here now because the Carolinas has been so good and the way the current rolls you know you would think that they'd eventually make it up this way um but it kind of I don't know there's no rhyme or reason why like I don't know if there's anybody who knows why there's more sales on the East Coast in the Mid-Atlantic this year than than in past years yeah yeah so I mean there's been it's been incredibly consistent at at a Moorhead City and, and just south of Cape Hatteras, Cape and Hatteras and Charleston was a, incredibly consistent. So I find that very interesting. You know, I, I don't know if there's just like, there just happens to be more sales that that got on the Gulf Stream, got on the conveyor belt, and they're just kind of here. And, you know, I don't know. Like, did.
1: It, it's funny because we always think like during, you know, when our season gets going, all of us are always like, you know, when we have perfect conditions and we're not catching them, it's like, where are they?
0: Yeah. you know Yeah. Like, where that's a the concerning thing. Yeah. Like I can point to the last three or four years in ocean city, not being great fishing and being like, well, there's not really hasn't been great conditions, yeah. but if you get the, get the conditions and they're not there, then that that's kind of, kind of a scary thing. And like, we were talking before the pod, like the idea that Isla hasn't been as consistent either it's kind of concerning. You know, I always thought that there was a definite definite correlation between good fishing in South Florida and good fishing in the isla. But I don't necessarily think they're the same fish. I just think that the same conditions make them act the same way. You know what I mean? Like, you get north wind here against, against northbound current, then you get the perfect conditions. And they have the same, the bottom is set up kind of similarly there as it is in South Florida, it's a little bit, a little bit more condensed, uh, North South, but like you get a North wind and, and, uh, it typically gets pretty good.
1: So, but I I do tend to think, I do tend to think that when we do have good fishing in South Florida, typically they have good fishing. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Because I think that body of fish, you know, you get, you'll get a good really good pick in South Florida. And then you'll get that same body fish that, you know, you'll get some really good guys in the Keys, put up some really nice numbers. And Mm then, you know, and then a month later or a few weeks later, you get, you know, some guys putting up some good numbers in Isla. So I I just haven't had the. The The big wind, the cold, like I mean, it used to be cold for a few days. At least now you get it's cold from, from four a.m. till nine a.m., and then it's, mm-hmm. it's already you're taking all your gear off. Makes it a little bit more pleasant to fish, but I'm sure you'd take that if the fishing was better. Yeah, the North we'll take, end uh, frostbite nose and fingers for seeing the fish. That's for sure. Yeah, the
0: smoke on the water and all that stuff. Man,
1: yeah, miss miss those days.
0: Hopefully they they come back. Some of the old timers up here say, "Oh, it's a cyclical thing," so we'll see. But hopefully, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a big winter at some point either. You know, putting three or four Eddie's, at, you know, rolling down from North Carolina. And uh, or not North Carolina from New York and rolling down here, kind of like the one I've been waiting for all year. <laughs> you know, uh, Typically, you know, the last two years, there's just been one giant one up off of up off of New England and New York. And, you know, the good years, there's three or four good ones and they they kind of push each other along so but that's kind of
1: we'll find out know. time if, will tell yeah
0: if anybody has any any theories on why there's better sail fishing on the east coast this year i would i'd be curious to know but i'm not mad about it the idea of we fish three or four days in a row coming up the idea of seeing some slams is pretty exciting so it's been 10 years since i caught a slam at ocean city so <laughs> 11 years right. actually
1: well you're due now, so
0: yeah. So well, cool. We're gonna um a little conversation about mates and uh decans, mates, whatever you call them. Typically a young male, but there's more females now um downstairs running the pit and doing the wax off, wax on thing. So then I mean, let's talk about uh I guess we'll start off with our experience because we didn't come out of the womb driving sport fish boats. Like we probably would have liked. So, um I mean, you started with a uh, ray, and how would you get it? Like, we get a lot of questions. I think would you would you say that even when the last pod and this pod that that we get a lot of questions on how to get in the industry as a okay. mate? For sure, there's no real, there's no real perfect template for it. I think everybody's everybody's journey is a little different. That's what's kind of cool about this. Is there's no real template. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. you started, you started, I wouldn't say you started at the top, but you started at the bottom of a great
1: established program. So. Yeah. Oh, well, I started in, even before that, I just started somewhere, which, you know, that's kind of where you got to just be. You just got to put yourself out there. And I kind of just started with some random, kind of random boat, but, you know, that led to the next thing. And then the next thing, you know, you just got to just gotta put yourself out there and not be afraid to, you know, ask a mate mate that either know or look up to or a captain or a program and just like, hey, man, can I ride? Can I get on the boat? Can I learn? And I think uh, that's the biggest thing is just being confident to put yourself out there and be willing to learn yeah not act think, like you uh already know no i think that i think for sure like
0: being on the dock at whatever where that whatever inlet you may be or community you might be if you're just there and you you kind of get on on the dock and people start to notice you then you can kind of progress from there but i think like I think it's in, important that the mate like enjoys being, or whoever wants to get in, like enjoys actually being on the dock. You know, like being at the marina, enjoys the the whole aspect of the atmosphere that's around the marina, the boats, the fishing. You know, the the shooting the shit on the dock, but also the work. You know, the work that goes into maintaining. You know, I would say when we. When we started fishing, it it was starting to transition to a more of a private boat industry, um, where you know, if you cut cut your teeth charter fishing for a couple of years, then you get a new job uh, a job as a on a private boat that maybe traveled or fish tournaments or what have you. Um, prior to that, it was more charter fishing in general. The charter fishing it was like. 80 percent 75 80 percent charters and and now these kids like some of these kids that i know they they're they grow up working on private boats which yeah, is good yeah, and bad and
1: yeah they never yeah. even had the charter experience
0: yeah i mean which is which is good and bad because like i i but think that the kids, well yeah but it also is bad because they don't they don't necessarily fish nearly as much and they don't get that exposure but they seem to be more professional and clean cut and treat it more like a job than just like a like a hobby that you do for a living you know like i feel like back in the day you know a lot of the some of the mates that i remember fishing around on other boats they weren't necessarily you know the most professional when it came to showing up in the morning and getting the getting the work done and what have you when being a little it
1: was a little more yeah a little a little little more more rugged rugged. Yeah, yeah 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 so
0: I feel like nowadays the kids, at least on my dock and in an Ocean City, I mean, the kids show up, they do their work, they're they're just as happy to do boat work as they are to go fishing. They all still want to love love to go fishing, but they take pride in the boat. Um and they like they genuinely like being on the dock and they're not like not a lot of partying. Like they do their like my mate's 22, so he does his partying, but he seems to do it further away from the marina. Then I like maybe it's just because he doesn't want to be partying with me, which is lame because I'm fun. But
1: um it's a party with an old guy.
0: Yeah, he probably doesn't want to, but uh yeah, I don't know. I feel like that the traditional the traditional route was like you had, um, which is go and fish
1: fish on a charter boat. And what did you learn on the charter
0: boat? What do you think was important? Man, I mean,
1: just learn kind of boat maintenance 101 you know kind of checking everything before the captain gets there getting the whole boat ready get the rods out get the uh coolers ice drink box ready you know make sure all the rods are rigged up you know so that the time cuz back then I mean the captain literally would just you know he would show up and the charter showed up basically you know so it's just like you know start the engines and and go but yeah. uh but yeah just really learning the the people's aspect to it you know being super personable and being able to talk to you know a different charter every single day you know which it's you know it's a lot for a mate you know you got to be you can't i mean don't get me wrong there's all sorts of mates and some mates don't probably talk as much as others but i think the you know the better ones that you know work for tips and all that stuff you know you just even if you're not catching anything you got to show those people a good time you know they're spending money and you know some of your if you're a good mate your best tips come from did you catch anything yeah
0: that's amazing
1: isn't it the, some of the the, the
0: the days that you don't catch very much you know you they're your, super thankful and then you have the
1: best yeah and then the best fishing days you ever had you get you know you get 100 bucks and you think yeah. you're you think you're gonna get 500 bucks you know yeah. you're like oh. what, do you,
0: what from a fishing sense like once you get out on the water what did you think like is important um to learn as a mate
1: and it's just it, especially i mean i, I don't know up your guys way too but you know down here just being versatile was uh, definitely a big key to it you know because yeah especially with ray i mean you'd be running out one day and you know you have all the sailfish stuff ready to go and then all of a sudden you know he. Hey, come up here for a second. He just <laughs> throws your world for a curveball, you know? He's like, "All right, put the kite shit away and I think we're going to anchor up in Yellowtail for the first couple hours. We got good, you know, we got good tide here. And then uh be ready to go deep dropping after that, and then maybe we'll do a loop offshore, look for dolphin and then, you know, drop for a sword and then we'll come back in the afternoon and put the kites up." You're like, "Oh, wow. This is going to be a long day." Yeah. Uh so yeah, just being being able to manage all that and kind of do it with a smile on your face. Because there are days when you're like, this is, just, it's too, you know, some days like that you they really wear you out. And especially when you do it back to back like that, you're like, Oh my gosh. It's just nice when you, you know, you're going sail fishing five days in a row. You know, it's just, you know, it's the same rods you got, you crank out a bunch of leaders and you know, you know what you're doing. It's it kind of sucks when you get there and then you just don't know what's going to yeah, I think being able to adapt,
0: what like, we're like, and adapt on the fly, and not really have it fluster you. I'm, i I've, um, like you said, like it, it's not. I wouldn't say it I don't know. Some of the boats, especially here, the charter boats lately, these last couple of years, have been forced to, to, to live like that, where like it was like tuna fishing in the morning, then go deep dropping for a little bit, and uh, maybe go bail some dolphins. Um, if they needed to, and he needed to be ready for that. Um, yeah. one, one thing that's always impressed me about my mate is like, he just takes, if you tell him bad news or like, if you got to change something up, he's like, okay. You know, like we saw, we had an instance where we, we, we stumbled upon some giant blue fins earlier this year. And I was like, wind up all the little white Marlin stuff and put out to to an Islander and a naked with a Tenno and a Valley, and we don't really have that rigged up. He had to rig that up by himself, and early you know, I wanted it on four hundred pound. We had him rigged up for two twenty, but I wanted four hundred, so he you know he whipped them up real quick. And I think that's to be able to do that without getting flustered. And I think he was a little bit flustered, but he didn't show it. And then to have a day like that was to 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 not be prepared, but just to be. To adapt and be prepared enough in an, in an instant, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah. no, just being
1: um, prepared for anything. I mean, yeah, I could tell you one thing that you know we learned we learned the hard way the first couple of times until you actually prepare for it. But we'd have like that tr- treble hook uh, on like a piece of like a short piece of like three or four hundred, and then straight to like a braid spinner. And like on slow, slow, slow days, especially calm days, it feels just like an absolute slicker. And, you know, maybe you don't see a fish all day long. I mean, nothing. And maybe you see one nice bull dolphin and he won't eat any live bait or ballyhoo anything. Or you see one flopping sailfish and we just, you know, grab that stinger rod, you know, and you just, you throw a hundred casts on them, you know, chasing them down on the bow or the captain's chasing them and, Dude, that one fish, that saved the chart, you know, yeah. numerous times you snag a big bull or snag a sail. Dude, that That's crazy how many times that little rig has saved the day, you know, <laughs> or like the day you didn't have it ready and you had like a 50 pound bull swimming there. And you, by the time you go down and find out where it is and you put it on, mm-hmm. the guy's like, your captain's like, well, you F that one off. He's gone now. You know, you're like, damn it.
0: I think another thing that people like learning to, cause like we're we're kind of fortunate now that we me and you work on boats. So you kind of fish as a team. So like on my boat, like the guys mostly hold the rods, but they they'll they'll pick up a rod out of the pitch bait t- pitch bait tube and throw it out and throw it and put it up in the rigger. All you got to do is have the rigger clip available. But I what it really impressed me about my mate is that he came right off a charter boat to us, and I feel like he had to learn how to do to do more with less um and with less help in the cockpit and he like really had to understand like for example you're fishing 11 11 rods 10 rods. He, he had to figure out how to capitalize on that one time when you got every rod bit and that was your only only action of the day was you got 10 tuna bites all at once and capitalize on on that and he, i could really tell that I like I was like super happy to have him because I feel like he he nobody taught him that he just learned it from trial and error and really thinking about it. You know, I, I see a lot of mates now for better, or for worse. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they ask questions and they ask how to do this. But I one one thing that really impresses me about my mate Ayrton now is that he doesn't act, he kind of figures it out, you know, and if he gets in, in a real jam. Or if if it's a super, if he feels like he needs to ask a question, he asks a question. But other times, he'll kind of figure it out, and I kind of like that. I feel like charter fishing allows you to go out there and you're kind of self reliant. Versus you know having maybe another mate that that's a little older than you, kind of show you the ropes, and maybe a couple good anglers. It's you're it's kind of all on you. So if you have the desire, you're going to make mistakes, and that's just part of it you're going to, I mean, I can't tell you how many days that John Duffy could tell you how many days I ruined, but, um, there, there was a lot of, a lot of days where, you know, we had the bites and for some reason it all went wrong, but you yeah. gotta, gotta, um, but I learned and I felt like I learned the hard way, which is, you know, it's learning the hard way on a charter is not a great feeling. You know, these people might no. save up all year to fish that, but. In the long run, it kind of learning the hard way is yeah, the best
1: way. The best way. Yeah, because you're yeah. I mean, there's only really one way to really, you know, learn and master something is doing it wrong a few times mm-hmm. and learning. I mean, you can't just do it and do it right and be like, oh well, that's it. I know how to do it. You yeah, know yeah. I mean, you get good at it by failing and turning that yeah. failure into uh you know, capitalizing on it next time which is cool as a mate, especially when you're young and you have the mess ups. And then as you get a little more seasoned, then you start to see the things that you struggled with, you know, become like second nature to you. And Mm -hmm. then you kind of, that's when I think you get in like that little bit of, you know, get in a rhythm, especially Mm -hmm. when you're in the the cockpit by yourself, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to have be in your cockpit, run the show and everything goes smoothly, you know, and then, you know, like, cause you kind of know everyone's watching at you watching you waiting for you to mess up and when you don't mess up it's just like you know it's like ah nice yeah. you know it's going your way yeah the i think there's a big
0: the 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 time it clicked for me when was when i started i could do something and i could i was already thinking about the next thing that i needed to do or maybe even the next thing after that you know you're pulling down a rigor and you're putting a fit bait up in the clip and you know that you got to toss out a flat line after that. Like yeah. simple, simple things like that. I feel like when it really clicked for me and I felt like I could really be efficient is when I could, I I wasn't thinking about what I was doing. I was thinking what I needed to be doing after I finished this task. And yeah. I think well, that's probably just, the
1: biggest thing to learn. And I, I mean, yeah. I remember, you know, Ray Rocher teaching me that at a young age was like, don't just, you're not, you're not supposed to be thinking of what you're doing at the moment. You got to think of your next, like you just said, your next two or three steps. That's what makes a great mate, you know, like, cause mm-hmm. once, once you're doing something, you should already be thinking about the next few things yeah. right after that. Cause then, then it's, everything's like seamless, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And then being aware of what's, what's, cause there's always something changing cause we're in the ocean. It's a fluid environment, being aware of what's changing. So, you know, what you had, and once you pull the pull the pin down and put it back up and then you were like i'm gonna do this and well the situation's changed by then sometimes so you 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 know then that's what that's what i think those characteristics and our my other mate kevin is really our part-time mate kevin he learned that way too charter fishing and understanding like don't get flustered if it's not going right just catch just just work on on what you what dealing with the situation so you can catch up yeah you know so you're going to get behind you know in in ideally eventually if you find yourself on the right fishing day you're going to get behind a little bit with whatever you're doing it's just how you catch up and how you use the the lulls to catch up you know yeah. like some people say like oh the mate shouldn't be doing should be working all day and it should be constantly moving but you know I don't necessarily think that, but they need to accomplish their what they need to be ready for the next bite and then a couple next bites after that, especially with in terms of kind of learning on your own and learning how to adapt to situations. Yeah. You get on the blood money and you're never gonna go deep dropping for tilefish. We don't even I don't even know where to begin with that, but It's good to know when you do, and we do we do sword trip like one or two sword trips a year. I need help with that, so I actually have to hire my my mate my buddy Croft from the Keys because he's really good at it. Because I don't even know where to start
1: with that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, go ahead. You know, go ahead. Where are you? No, I was just saying like, and yeah, I'm not like everything we're saying, and like, and I'm going back to just like you know really just being able to get along with everybody in the pit that's either the charter that's paying for the day that yeah you, you know you gotta give them a good time or if it is a private boat you know then you know these are people you're with day in and day out and you know they gotta be able to put up with you all day so yeah, uh, like the attitude attitude is a huge huge uh yeah i mean like when you get told something to do do you get pissed when they tell you to do it or you do it, you know, with a smile on your face, you mm-hmm. know?
0: I mean, that's like, you think about a job on like an 80 Viking or something like that. And you're like, man, like that must be an amazing job. But you know, some, it it definitely comes with its its pros and cons. You know? I know. I, I well, well it's just...
1: funny. Like I read it and then I read the captions and like, there's like guys like commenting, like sounds like hell to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And some other people are like, where do I sign up? But yeah, like, I don't know. They definitely have to find the find the right thing, right right combination for you and right personality. You know, um, I for when I worked on boats and I was younger, a charter boat and a private boat. It was kind of a higher pressure. You had to be you had to be be able to deal with the the wrath of the captain. I guess sometimes like not not an ideal thing to have to deal with, but you had to let kind of let that roll off of you a little bit and not let it bother you Um, or bother the people that are in the cockpit. Um, But I think attitude is huge. Um, Just being able to, like you said, if you get it, if you get an order, not an order, but a request, I always say it in a request, be like, Hey, can you do this? And, you know, mate says, sure. Yeah. And comes back to me when he's done and said, what else you need me to do? You know, and as far as fishing, the, yeah, the getting along thing and being able to, you know, not get get bothered by a by maybe a personality clash or something over the course of the day. Like my my uncle is brutal. I mean, the the psychological warfare that goes on in my in the cockpit of my boat over the course of the day is you know, you gotta be able to handle it. You bet you better be able to give it back in a friendly manner too. Um yeah, yeah. the banter a little bit and Ayrton and Kevin they they both have great great attitudes and they can they can fit in but yeah the attitude and just being able to do your thing with an aura of a little bit of confidence
1: and and being able and to s- like just take take shit too you know and being able yeah, to like, yeah. you know because i mean man you know if you do mess up or miss a fish you know i'm most you know oh you're getting crushed are, yeah you're going to get crushed but yeah but you know that's part of it, and shake it off, and go hook the next one, or you know whatever it is. Yeah, I remember. Uh, you got to have thick skin. You can't can't fish on the level we are, and not be uh, bent out of shape for little yeah. things. You know. I remember. I guess my
0: my girlfriend had come fishing with us on one of our one of the first days that our, our, our mate had worked on us with us last year. And my uncle was giving it to him pretty good. And was, she was like, he's going to quit. <laughs> I was like, I don't think he's going to quit. But, you know, I couldn't tell. And I didn't know whether he was like, I had to ask him, like, was it a, Were you're right? Like, was it bothering you? Because I couldn't tell while we were fishing because he he dealt with it so well. Whereas yeah. in, in other instances, we've had it not go the go the go the right way. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. having, I don't know, you got to have a little bit of confidence about yourself too without being too cocky. And that's a fine line to, to uh, walk, you know? Yeah, yep, absolutely. I, I find that mates just lately in the last like five or six years, um, the young kids around Ocean City are, tend to be very professional, clean cut, uh, work hard as far as the maintenance on the boat. And then... And then pretty decent attitudes, I think, because they don't get a lot of experience offshore, charter fishing offshore, I think for some of them, the the struggle is catching up with the fishing aspect, especially now getting on a boat. It seems like people are really caught on to the idea that this is a, a, a team sport. And if you fish it like a team sport and everybody participates and puts effort in, you'll have a better day. Than if you didn't do that and sometimes it's intimidating for a mate to hop on a boat with a bunch of pretty experienced angler anglers and and kind of do their thing and to see to see a couple kids get on the boat and do and and hold their own i think it's pretty cool you know even though maybe they didn't have the the amount of days out on the water because they as they would have liked, you know, because it's it's different now. Like you got to wait for the the boss to come fishing, and um if you yeah. do work on a if you do work on a private boat and you can't and you can't um go fishing because you you're you're the owner's not around or or what have you. If you can ride along with other people, it's amazing how how far that goes. Yeah, yeah. Because at first it'll, it if you. If you portray yourself in the right way, those boats will be be impressed by you. And then who knows where that'll take you. But it also you'll learn a couple things by by watching and being a part of it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the thing you see down here a lot now is, you know, because everybody has or knows a kid that, you know, their dad has. 39 cv a (laughs) 44 contender you know whatever that is and then you know you get all these high school kids you know just running around on all these big center consoles you know when sail fishing's good or not even good but you know a lot of them i think they got a chip on the shoulder that they they're just out there and they know what they're doing but i think a lot of them don't really and then does that translate Tr- translating the guys trying to get jobs or they just a
0: bunch of kids going fishing on dad's boat?
1: it's like they want to just like tournament fish and not do anything else you know they don't want to they don't want to go work on a charter boat go work on a certain boat they just you know they just all oh, I want to tournament fish you know yeah but you know you gotta you gotta put in the work to just you know, you don't just show up and fish tournaments and that's the luxury. You know, Tournaments yeah. is a luxury. I mean, any day, I mean, when
0: I was young, the, the, my first captain, Marty Marion, he was like, he would say that your job is to maintain this boat and be a team player. And then going fishing is a, is almost like a bonus. You know, that's what you yeah. work hard for all, all week or whatever. It what wouldn't may have you do all the work for it, maintain, prepare, maintain the boat, prepare the tackle, and then get to go fishing. It's a bonus. It's not, it's a part of the job. It's not the job anymore like it is when you're more charter fishing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember when I first started out with Ray, I mean, just, you know, I had to work on a charter boat for a year before I was even allowed to tournament fish. And then I remember the first tournament I did fish, you know, I was like the third mate. And we actually won the tournament. And, uh, and I think I just got like, I just got day pay. I didn't even get a piece <laughs> of the winnings, you know, yeah. which, uh, at the time I was like, you know, heartbroken, you know, but you know, that's part of it. Yeah. The,
0: the idea, maybe, maybe the one detriment that I see is sometimes that, that mates that, Maybe mates and captains. I mean, I I kind of got lucky in my job, and you kind of there's with with the with all the good opportunities there is outside that, that that people do rise sometimes quickly if they show the qualities that we've been talking about, and
1: yeah, uh, no, you, know, I, I, you, you just. And you could see, I mean, especially, you know, I I try to like kids, if I get young kids that ask me, especially during season, sometimes they ask me if I could ride along. So i let, I'll let like some kids, random kind of kids that let them ride along before like a pre-fishing, you know, cause usually Mm -hmm. we're like a couple men down anyway for pre-fishing cause everyone's kind of got their own agenda way. But you know, it's cool to see sometimes when you take some guys out and it's like, you i could like all right that kid's gonna be good or you know, yeah this yeah, kid, yeah. Ah, you know this kid needs some work but sometimes you bring a, a kid and you're like this kid yeah he's got it gets it he's good yeah. he gets it yeah
0: i love i i we do something similar sometimes we fish with just the owner and not the team and i'll bring another mate along and i try to bring somebody a little bit less experienced um if i can and man it's uh it is good, like it is. It is cool to see, like our mate Ayrton, I I picked him. We took him one day, like four years ago, and I was like, "This kid's got it. I hope he's gonna work on this boat one day." Yeah, um, he he was like, he's only twenty two now, so he was barely eighteen. Wow. Um, but yeah, I I just find. Do you find that you know kids? Do do you think that sometimes they get too? Too big for their britches sometimes, because of all the opportunities out there, you can kind of, kind of yeah. rise quickly if you're good, you know. Like I feel, yeah, like.
1: for sure. And then the thing, what happens too is you'll have, you know, you have, let's say, you know, you have a program that maybe doesn't fish quite as hard as a, as other programs, mm-hmm. but they pay really well. Yeah, yeah. So then you have a kid that. Got paid very well, but does, is coming from not a fishing operation. Yeah. And then he goes on to a fishing operation, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know. And the money he wants from like his last job, because they already kind of taught him, like, oh, like that's the rate. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's not worth that rate on the fishing program. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you have like these guys that think they're worth this amount when it's like, hey, man, like. <laughs> i'm sorry that's not what it is you know yeah yeah i find
0: yeah I, you know sometimes those jobs on the 80 viking don't, don't necessarily mean that you're gonna be like an all-star fisherman you know which is which is fine you know like like if we were saying doesn't necessarily mean that you know that you're not going to be a it's most of the job, even on the fishing programs, is like a high, high level fishing program is still maintaining the boat and being prepared to go fishing than actually going fishing. Yeah, so, but mm. do you remember any big mistakes you made in your career as far as, uh, you know, that you would have tried to do, do
1: differently? When you were coming up? I mean, I definitely made mistakes. I don't know if any, like, not necessarily, like, that ring a bell that I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have did that differently. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, not, nothing that really stands out, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there is something, I just can't think of it right now. If anything, probably, probably one thing, I guess, that stands out would just be, just maybe put myself out to go travel somewhere crazy, you know, like, go fish somewhere really out of my element. Not saying I, I didn't fish out of my element, but like somewhere, like, put, you know, try to go like, go to Australia or, Australia or Australia, go to Cape Verde, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, go to Hawaii, or just get somewhere, really out, go out somewhere and do something totally different, you know, and learn from a whole different group of guys, but, uh, just to have that kind of experience, so definitely what I, I wish I would have did something like that.
0: Yeah. What about one you? That, one one that I made was, I went from like a pretty mid mid level boat work slash fishing operation, pretty, maybe even lower level, to one of the better charter boats in Ocean City, which was really really good for me. I felt like I did. I like I was already pretty decent, and I had I had a lot of exposure you know riding along with people when i wasn't working on the on the boat that i was working on when i started fishing i, f- I fished on that boat for 4 years and then i went on a, went to a charter boat called the barley and i fished like 80 days that summer which i it wasn't it, it's a lot you know but it's not their record for sure like we just 80 85 days that's we before did great. or after duffy that was before so i went from that boat and then Bill Fisher was on my dock and uh, I felt like um, then they the guy who had worked on the Marlin Magic is the book that I worked on before it. He went to the Bill Fisher, so I kind of followed him again and I got on the Bill Fisher after the after fishing 80 days on the Marley when I was I was super intimidated. I I didn't get on there and with the right mindset. i felt like i was confident in my fishing ability but i knew that it was a, a pretty high pressure job and I, I was very intimidated and i didn't have a lot of confidence about myself um and it didn't go like it went fine but it didn't go very well in the lasted six months on there we went to isla and uh i just didn't have the ability to let things mistakes and things roll I would beat myself up about it and um things roll off and I think if I would have found and when but in hindsight like when the when the Yankees come calling wherever you're at you're going to say yes you know so um but in hindsight you know if I would have had a year on a on a private boat that didn't fish as much but was kind of still in that realm of fishing and traveling a little bit because that was my first traveling job if I would have had like a different, a, a tr- I would have been a little bit more prepared than what I was for, for that job. But I'm so glad that I took it because I learned more in six months than I did, you know, yeah. in, in five years. Um, but I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. What are you going to say? If, Like I said, if the Yankees come calling, I, f- I felt like you, you got to say yes. You don't know when that that yeah. opportunity will come again. But on the other hand, I would have liked for another year to do that, yeah. and then, and then I took a big step down on the blood money when I started working working for Pete. He was the, he was an owner operator, and ran the Viking. And I had the like I was doing, I, I was doing the captain and the mate stuff, except I wasn't driving. So that was a big, yeah. I don't I didn't say it was an ego check because I was pretty. Pretty bummed after I got off the Bill Fisher, <laughs> I got let go from there. um But I had to go out and rebuild it and then build the program. So, but How I think I got let go, huh? Because I just wasn't oh. up to it. I just wasn't. I couldn't deal. I don't know. Being, I guess, being away. Not that I, I was. I've been traveling since I was fifteen. You know, I lived in South America playing soccer. So the the being away thing wasn't a big deal. But like the being away and feeling like you were under pressure walking on eggshells every day was tough for me you know and and i just i don't think i was ready quite ready for that so like if i would have been able to maybe do a season going down the palm beach and then maybe doing maybe going to isla or somewhere like that on a boat that wasn't as hard at it um that like for example that day on the so that that epic in 2011 it would have been the silver sailfish derby we went fun fishing and we caught like 16 or 18 sails and we sucked you know and like the good boats caught like 50 like i just was like that like now i would have been like oh we don't go that was my my fourth day kite fishing you know ever Uh, and uh i would like now i would have been like man that was a great day we don't do this very often but then i would like i was so used to used to you know I, I knew that i was on the boat that typically was competitive with everybody all the time and i was like i beat myself up about it and the next day i would was sucking and by the middle of that day i was sucking then we went to mexico and i just couldn't deal with it and i i'll be i could tell if, i'll say this i don't think that johnny handled it all that well too he was pretty hard on me which is hard is fine but like i think it wasn't wasn't uh necessarily productive <laughs> yeah uh, but that i mean it's, he's the captain and his family owns the boat so it's kind of what they want um so i i don't think that I, I i think when i was just fishing and i felt good i could roll with it um but i just felt like i was walking on eggshells from the for the very beginning and i i don't know if i, I just wasn't very comfortable there and that kind of goes to show you like, you got to step on some of these boats with a little bit of confidence in yeah, yourself yeah. and a little bit of belief.
1: Yeah. Cause because if you're always your you, walking on eggshells and you never get your, you never yeah, truly exactly. working at your full potential.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of that. I try not to, I try to empower my mate now a little bit. If he has a shitty day or something like that and be like, just shake it off man. Cause I'm like, a, I, maybe I was so bad that to, to, to Johnny that it seemed like I was trying to sabotage the day but I really wasn't you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that was I mean that was the biggest reason I was just I wasn't really prepared mentally um for uh for working working on that boat we're for, for work not necessarily we're working on that boat but a full-on like competitive yeah, fishing yeah. program it, it would have been nice to have um a little bit a a stepping stone between fishing on the charter, boat, where I gained a lot of ability as a, as a fisherman. And then like, and I think I was a little tired after fishing 80 days and then going, going, leaving to go to Florida. We fished a bunch of Florida and then we went to Isla. We only were in Isla for like 33 days. We fished 27, you know, and we, uh, yeah, we, uh, I think we caught like over 400 sales in, in in that day but like by the end of it i was like "Fuck these sailfish dude i just want to like get the hell out of here yeah and that was kind of the end of it but um yeah I, I felt like me if maybe i would have had a little bit of time to to build back up the the hunger and the ambition to get out there and go fishing after an 80-day season on the on the marley but you know That that was a lesson. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, do you, I love fishing and I, it's why I do what we do, but I'm not going to lie to you and say like, I wasn't, I was a 23 year old kid and I was 22 year old kid, And I was like, I was kind of tired, just fatigued from just fishing every day, you know, and not really having much of a life. And would I trade it for anything the way I did it? No, but I I think I would have liked to been a little bit more prepared mentally to be like yeah i can do this yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah because now it's a lot because now like there's there's been great fishing this week and i still gotta wait another day to go fishing yeah, yeah. Yeah. so but you know there's always also other aspects that i get to see my wonderful girlfriend and my family fair amount so yeah what's wrong with that do you feel like as far as like when you say traveling because do you do you regret not doing that because i don't i i've been fortunate to go some places not necessarily working or with the owners as on a charter and seeing like certain places but like it's different like i like you're not going there and figuring it out like as a captain in cabo like you're not tracking down like if we go on a charter you know they got it they kind of got to figure it out like as far as as far as traveling goes like I don't... Yeah, I kind of sometimes want to go to the Azores. Like, the Azores would be pretty fun right now. Oof. Shout out to the guys that are out over there doing doing Find that stuff. Crazy numbers. Crazy numbers or some... Big fish. Big fish. Yeah. But, I mean, those,
1: yeah, but that wasn't even a thing when we were kids.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the 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 Great Barrier Reef was, and Cape Verde yeah, is yeah. kind of a thing. But a lot of those jobs, like, if you like because i I know that this is a passion like you do this because you love it and you should always do it because you love it but there is a there is a a certain aspect of like you got to make a living and make a life for yourself and a lot of those jobs in far off places they don't necessarily pay well or have guaranteed pay now there's these super operations like the bad company and the shoe and we know masses of the world like they're going places and you know people are getting paid but it's still a huge huge investment when it comes to your time and your
1: commitment oh yeah, yeah i mean because you you're, you're yeah a lot of those programs you're you're gone almost all year mm-hmm. fishing fishing i mean going super hard. super hard yeah hard
0: so that takes a toll on you know home yeah. life and things like that absolutely so what would you um, what would you like, what would your advice to be some, you know, a young mate now be to like progress? Like if you're, if you're just trying to get started or maybe even started for like a year, a couple years, like what would your suggestion be as far as like how to progress?
1: Man, I don't know. I think it just depends on the person and how passionate they are about, Mm-hmm fishing you know and do they like are they the the kid that just like wants to fish super super hard and see cool places and things like that or are they a guy that you know maybe wants more of a super you know long career on one boat yeah you know that pays well doesn't fish that much you know like what you know what's the What's the route for you? Do you want to be home mm-hmm. more? Do you want to be on a local boat? Do you want that 80 Viking that maybe pays well, more like a corporate job? But, you know, you don't fish that much or you know, or do you want to go and put yourself out there and like I said, go to the reef, go to Verde, I mean go to these places and learn all these places and then work on, you know, maybe a hardcore tournament operation, you know, like kind of just where's your head at where do, you know what do you want for yourself you know which yeah. it's cool that you could have those kind of opportunities or choices i guess you can make um because i think some kids think that they want to just travel the world and all that stuff but then like you said man if you're fishing not and you're super far away from home and you know a lot of times it just catches up to you and you, you know, a lot of those, they just want to go home, you know, yeah, burnout. I mean, the burnout's a real thing. Like, I think,
0: I think kids, what are the, like younger guys should, or, or girls, you know, there's more girls fishing lately than, you know, in the pit than, than when we were kids, that's for sure. Um, go and do it and try it. and You know, if it's not your thing, then at least you know, it's your thing and you don't have any regrets about that. You know i think that's that's a huge thing like i like for me personally like i find it important that i spend my summers in ocean city you know beyond that i would i still kind of want to go out and travel a little bit but i don't necessarily need to be gone seven eight months a year it's not fair to my family my girlfriend my cats so (laughs) um but i don't know i we had a discussion with an older captain guy i really look up to and he was saying about this young kid he was like man that kid's he's taking this job i don't know if it's a great career for him he should he should be somewhere where he's fishing and and uh in a competitive place and talked to i talked to the kid and he he surprised me and he goes yeah that's true but i'm only i'm only 21 no, there's time for that. And I'm like, yeah, that, you know, maybe maybe unlike me, he was a little bit more wiser, maybe taking a step before he goes on a on a program that that really goes hard. You know, you because you learn a lot in those in those intermediate programs. I I call the blood money, a stepping stone program. Like yeah. we're we're a boat that's gonna have a mate come for a season or two, and then he's gonna move on. You know, that's ideally because I want a kid that's ambitious enough to get on our boat, but I also want the kid that's ambitious enough to get off of it, too. You know, yeah. he wants to go beyond unless we grow as a program. But until that happens and I want them to to want to go on eventually. And yeah. I think yeah. That you find people with that aspect. But I mean, maybe. Maybe understanding that you are kind of young. Um, For the younger, younger mates out there, I think maybe maybe understanding that you do have a little time before you go play for the Yankees or the Patriots or something like that. Yeah. So the minor leagues. Yeah. Cause if you get on the Yankees and you can't cut it, they let you know real quick.
1: No. Yeah. So no, you get sent, sent home quick. No, good stuff. I think hopefully we enlighten, hopefully some younger guys and maybe steer them in a direction. Yeah, a
0: direction. Don't know if it's the right direction. I don't know if money As long as are moving direction. in a direction, it's gotta be <laughs> yeah, good, right? Yeah. I think that's important. Just move in a direction yeah, and no, then you'll figure out what still. direction that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well buddy, that was fun. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. Please uh like, share, and comment. I mean, if yeah. you don't like us, let us know. Um if you got any I'm questions
1: still... or topics, send it backlash radio
0: backlash radio yeah i'm still the the kid that doesn't do well getting yelled at but if you want to yell at us it's fine i'll deal with it me and the therapist will deal with it like we do everything else so um check out hook optics front runner boots title sponsors and appreciate you all listening thank you thanks guys